This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood crime scene mini-sode. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. It's it's morning time here while we're recording. Usually we uh, record the show at night. So. so we're still waking up. We're still waking up a little bit. But, but we're going to be vibrant. There's one thing that wakes me up for sure. What's that? Hearing about crime and murder. <laughs> Pricks your little ears up. I feel oh, like I want to. Oh, oh, oh! Did you say murder? I said murder. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Well, this month uh is December, as you know. Yes. Uh, and we kind of tried. We'll have a few uh, episodes this month that are kind of set in December or set in December. Happened in December. So it's sort of a December themed. Uh, right. I think they're mostly going to be murders. Um. And or holiday themed. Holiday themed. We like to do a lot of holiday themed stuff on this right. show. I don't know so, if you guys have noticed. There's a few murders that happened in the Hollywood. Ooh, oh, maybe one's happening right now. <laughs> uh, there's a few Hollywood area themed murders that we're going to be talking about this month. Um, and today's murder uh, happened in Covina, which is a suburb of Los Angeles. Right. Um, anyways, so I'm all about writing these, these like grand and sweeping intros lately. I'm really, into uh, <laughs> so in cinematic history, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Sorry. there have been a few memorable murdering Santas, Rachel. <laughs> um, there's the movie silent night, deadly night. Yeah. Did you see this movie? I remember the poster very vividly. I do too. Um, and my my favorite murdering Santa, which is actually something I, I love so much that I might recap it for a bonus episode this month, uh, is it's from one of those anthology horror movies from the 70s. This one was the Tales from the Crypt from the 70s, and it's a really good movie. You should watch it. Uh, and there is one of the segments. I think there's like four segments per movie. Yeah. Because it's like one of those, like whatever. Uh, Joan Collins, who brought love her receipts, her. right? Uh, is murdered by an escaped mental patient dressed as Santa. Spoiler alert. That's scary. <laughs> I guess I should have done the spoiler alert first. It is so good. And she has like the most amazing 70s pad. There's lots of white. So when the blood happens, it looks quite dramatic. Gorgeous. Right. I just want to say that <clears throat> I have always wanted an SVU episode about a mall Santa. Oh, really? Yeah. I've also had a fantasy um, of having a brutal murder happening while that song hark hell the bell sweet <laughs> like I, th I think about it all the time because yeah. i was trying to write something one time and i was like all i knew about the screenplay this was like my first screenplay attempt right like many years ago i was like all i know is that i want there to be a murder 
while that song plays, kids are singing it. And it was like, I was like, kids are singing it in like the annual holiday for while there's choral a murder. performance. And in backstage, people are, someone is being brutally murdered. <laughs> sorry. That's awesome. Don't steal that. That's trademarked. That's, yeah. Because I was like, that song is such a good stabbing song. It is a really good, it's a very right. forceful, dramatic. You just picture someone being fucking stabbed. That song's always on my Christmas playlist. It's one of those songs that I kind of hate and kind of like because it's so it's just traditional. So over the top. Yeah. Uh, there, I feel like that's one of those ones where the version of it is key. Like there are like you, you don't want the one that's like Mannheim steamroller. <laughs> no, you have to get the original <laughs> or like, like whatever choir something. version. Uh-huh. Anyways, back to the story. Sorry. You love our asides. Come on. Um, okay. So December 24th, 2008. In the beautiful city of Covina, I have no idea. It's probably not that beautiful. I think there's an IKEA there. Um, the murdering Santa thing went down in real life. Sorry, hold on a second. My fucking mouse on my computer is being really bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you want to start over? What do you mean start over? I don't know. Wait, is this still recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you turned it off and I was like, wait, what's happening? Um, so, uh, yes, December 24th, 2008. If you ever need to take a break in the middle of this, I can start listing my favorite Christmas songs. Okay. I know everyone I know cares you've about been that. tweeting about that. Lately. I know. I've been, well, because I've been making a new Christmas party oh, playlist. Okay. We should do playlist for our, our uh, listeners. Yeah, share we that. should. We'll do that. It's okay. fine. We'll do it. Uh, okay, anyways. So, Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, who... As, as with any, like, white male <laughs> crime criminal, whenever you read a story about them, they always like to start things off with, like, he was the usher. <laughs> he was usually the usher at a church's midnight mass on Christmas Eve. Uh, so that's how one article I read started off of talking about him. Because it's like, we always need to know white men were actually very good, and their neighbors thought they were the nicest guy who always had a smile, right? Okay. Where it's like, if it's a black teen, it's always like, they stole Skittles from 7-Eleven. Right. Here's their mugshot. Like, um, but on this Christmas Eve, Bruce Pardo was not volunteering at his church's midnight mass. He was miles away from that church, in fact, uh, and as the service was getting underway at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church, where he normally was an usher, Bruce was driving a rental car from his home in Montrose to the Covina home of his ex-wife's parents. Um, At about 11.30 p.m. that night, he showed up at the door um, dressed in a Santa Claus suit um, And he knocked on the door where a Christmas party was happening at his ex's uh, parents' house. Um, And there were about 25 people still at this party at 11.30 p.m. Um, He had with him a gift wrap package that contained a homemade flamethrower. And he had a 9mm semi-automatic handgun in the other hand. He also had three additional 9mm semi-automatic handguns on his person. Um, he should have put them in a Santa bag. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, what? I, I, I have a lot of questions about wrapping the flamethrower, but we'll get to that later. Um, when the door opened, uh, he immediately shot an eight-year-old girl who actually ran up to him was like excited. Well, I I think she knew it was him. It was like an eight year old girl. He basically shot her directly in the face. The minute the door kind of 
uh, swung open. Um, and then he uh, opened fire on all of the other partygoers, basically. Um, police actually speculated at some point that he, in some cases, he stood over the victims who were on the floor in terror, obviously, and just shot them, like, directly standing over them. So, like, execution style. Um, so he wasn't just randomly firing. He was doing that in addition to, like, executing people. Dressed as Santa, by the way. Like, please don't forget this. Um, party goers, obviously. The and I'm sorry, this was his ex-wife's? Ex-wife's parents' home. Oh so it was, like, God. all of his ex-in-laws, right. basically, were at this party. Um. Some of the uh, party goers fled to safety, obviously, um, and went to neighbors' homes and, and started calling 911. One of the young women in the home actually leapt from her a second floor window in the house and broke her ankle. Wow. Um, after he finished his shooting spree, he unwrapped the package that was containing the homemade flamethrower and used it to spray racing fuel gasoline all across the house to set the home on fire. Nine people uh, died um, almost instantaneously, either from gunfire or some did survive long enough to die from the flames. Uh, three people were wounded. The eight-year-old girl who I mentioned at the top <clears throat> who was shot in the face, but it was non-life-threatening. What? I know. That seems that impossible. Always, that always shocks me Right, because so it was point blank. I mean... She well, literally opened the door. Like, how do you? Well, when anyone gets shot in the head ever, and they survive, I know, is it's like amazing. so crazy. The only to thing me. I can think is that he didn't get a good aim, and then he immediately had to go in and kill people. He could. Right. He didn't have time to finish her off, basically. But how would you even do that unless you're a sociopath, which obviously he is? Um, so, a 16 year old girl was also shot and wounded. Uh, and a 20-year-old woman who I mentioned before had the broken ankle. I don't think she was shot, but she was one of the injured. Yeah. Um, so one of the survivors did call the authorities during the attack from a neighbor's house. Um, the fire that resulted from the flamethrower, the homemade flamethrower, uh, resulted in like a, f a, a huge fucking flame ball of a fire. Right. It was 40 to 50 feet high and took 80 firefighters um, an hour and a half to put 80? out. 80 firefighters, 80 right. 80 firefighters. So um, it was an intense fire and uh, that was sort of the reason why it took a while to identify victims because they had to be identified through dental and medical records. Right. That's how destroyed the bodies were. Okay, so after the attacks, Pardo put on his street clothes, according to some, and drove in his uh, rental car to his brother's place in Silmar. These are all kind of outlying They're in LA, of LA. They're all in L.A. County. I kind of think of these places as like, oh, that's where the car dealership is <laughs> that you hear the commercial for. It's like Silmar, Silmar, dot, you know, whatever. Right. It's like these weird places that are like kind of sprawling suburbia um, with lots of like big box stores and whatever. Um, so he drove to his brother's house. Um, his brother was not present at the time when he drove over there. And it was there that Pardo, uh, committed suicide with a gunshot wound or a gunshot to, to the head. What an asshole. Um, so 
the father, brother at some point did arrive home and at about 3.30 a.m. he called the L.A. police saying that he had found his brother dead in his house. Um, the officers at that point ran his name into the database and they were alerted that he was wanted by Covina police. Really? At, at the point, at this point they didn't, they hadn't put two to two and two together. Yeah. Right. At 9am, uh, the Covina police went to Pardo's home in Montrose. Um, and according to this report I read, I think it was from the LA times, there was a wreath hanging on the front door and candy canes adorned the fence. I don't know why that detail is just so disturbing to me. Like, yeah. um, so he had a military style Hummer also parked in the driveway, which makes sense to me because mm. that seems like a dick car. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when the authorities approached the home, they still weren't really sure what had happened at this yeah. point. So they didn't know if there were other people involved or what. So they screamed, uh, where the police, hi Romy, uh, we have a search warrant. No one responded. They did the battering ram deal to get inside the house. And, um, two hours later after they sort of searched everything in the house they they came out with four shotguns a handgun wrapping paper and a fuel tank uh that was similar to the one pardo used in the attack uh, i also thought this was kind of a creepy detail on the fuel tank there was a label that read wefuelfun.com the website of the company that sold these things that are actually used for all-terrain vehicles because i told you this was like a makeshift flamethrower yeah. we feel fun well not in this case WeFuelFun.com. Um, according to a police veteran, he said that the thing that Pardo created to, to use in this attack was nothing that me, we on the arson team had ever seen before. Really? Yeah. So he was, you know, fucking creating some shit. Um, so there's like so a lot of conflicting things about what his plan was after he did this mass murder. Right. Um, initially people thought that he had intended to flee to Canada cause he had bought an airline ticket on air Canada. Um, but then, uh, that flight was found out to actually be going to Moline, Illinois, uh, which was a layover to Minnesota. So even though it was air Canada, it wasn't, he wasn't flying to Canada, but he did have a plane ticket, right? He did have a plane ticket. So he, investigators even weren't sure if that was just like a decoy to like confuse people. Yeah. Like, was he really, uh, trying to escape or was he just buying the flight to look like he was trying to escape? Um, he did have a friend there though. So people, um, weren't really sure. Other reports stated that the Santa suit had melted during the flamethrower portion of his attack wow. and had actually adhered to his skin and could not be removed, which actually made me happy. Cause I was like, good. Like to think of that cheap fucking polyester Santa suit, like melting onto his skin just kind of was like, good, you should suffer. <laughs> like, cause that probably was horrible. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can you picture was. like, yeah, me too. Um, so because he had suffered third degree burns and I don't doubt it also like, if, if you have some makeshift fucking flamethrower and you're wearing a cheap fucking Santa suit. Yeah. Um, after getting those third degree burns, they speculated that he decided against traveling, which, I mean, you're not going to get through airport security <laughs> with a melted Santa suit on you probably, <laughs> right? Right. Um, police gonna have some questions. Yeah. Police also found $17,000 in cash cling wrapped onto his legs inside a girdle, which is another... <laughs> Wait, he was wearing a girdle? He was wearing a girdle, I guess, to hold... 
The cash? The cash. Where do you even buy a girdle anymore? I don't even know. The term girdle just seems so 1950s to me and it's so grandma. Like so I can't 50s. even, even though I know it's basically Spanx. It's like we just it's came Spanx up with a clever. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also had another rental car that was parked one block from his brother's house and it was booby trapped. The car um, was booby trapped? Yeah. It was like parts of the Santa suit were in it and it was booby trapped to detonate if the Santa suit was removed from the car. So it was almost like, don't you dare touch my Santa suit. (laughs) Don't you touch my evidence that will convict me. Um, They also recovered uh, four 13 round capacity handguns that were all empty and 200 rounds of ammunition. Um, So they, they basically treated that car as like a bomb threat or like a bomb, you know, like as you would like a bomb or incendiary advice, a device, sorry. Um, so I already talked about what they found at his home and they described his home as a, as a virtual bomb factory, the police. Okay. Enough about that guy for a second. Let's talk about the people who did die. Um, uh, the victims of this crime were, uh, obviously his ex-wife, Sylvia Pardo, who was, uh, 43 and she died of a gunshot wound. Uh, her mother and father, Alicia and Joseph, who, um, Joseph was 80, Alicia was 70 and they were both also killed by gunshot wounds. Um, her brother, Charles Ortega, 49, and his wife, Sherry Ortega, 45. Her brother, James Ortega, and his wife, Teresa, who were 51 and 52. Um, Sylvia's other sister, Alicia, who was 46. And Alicia's son, Michael, who was the youngest vic- victim, 17, and he basically died in the fire. So he didn't get shot. Uh, He was killed by the fire. So, I mean, this is like a whole fucking family. Yeah. uh, Was taken out, basically. Luckily, um, most of the kids did seem to escape, except for uh, Michael. That's really sad. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Um, so the motive. Let's get back to the dick. Uh... Of course, as with any man killing his wife, she and him had recently just had their divorce finalized on December 18th. So less than one week before the massacre had taken place. Um, uh, Pardo had no criminal record and no history of violence, um, but he did have like a lot of things that were going down at this time. He had recently lost his job at ITT Electronic Systems. Um, and obviously I just mentioned the divorce. And now here's sort of an interesting uh, sort of backstory about something that is sort of deeply disturbing in his past, but not necessarily his fault. Part of the uh, speculation about why they got divorced was that Pardo had a child um, that Sylvia never knew about. Right. So, uh, this child was, um, with his former girl, former girlfriend, Elena Lucano. Um, and they were kind of in an on and off, uh, kind of relationship in 2001. Um, while Pardo was watching their 13 month old son, Matthew, uh, Lucano had gone grocery shopping, so he was kind of watching his own co- own child, which is a normal thing to do because you're the father. It's not babysitting. Please don't say that. Um, <laughs> I hate when people say, oh, the father was babysitting. Like, no, it's he's like, taking no. care of his child. Um, so while she was gone, she returned a, f- a short time later. She found Pardo uh, frantically holding the unconscious toddler. The child had got away from him for a few minutes and crawled out a patio door and slipped into the pool. Jesus. So the couple rushed the child to the hospital, obviously. He was resuscitated, but he was severely traumatized and was airlifted to Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, which is like, I don't know if you know this, it's like a very famous yeah. world-renowned trauma center um, and it's you know well, really well-known for their pediatric care. Um, the child did was stabilized, but would was... Uh, severely brain damaged really and um was confined to a wheelchair for life basically this kind of put the kibosh on their relationship obviously a lot of people have that happen when a child is injured or dead it's a obviously a very stressful time in a couple's life um but Pardo stopped visiting his son basically at this point so he's a piece of shit right um and he also neglected to pay help pay for Matthew's medical cares which at the time were about $340,000 just for the first year wow hi obamacare we need you um they the mom actually had to sue Pardo to get some of that money and he had i guess a, a home homeowner's insurance at the time which was probably cover an accident in the pool yeah I think that was about $100,000. Um, and according to the mom, she had never had any problems with him before this. Uh, but this was just kind of like showed his fucking piece of shit showed side. His yeah, exactly. So he had this son and he had a lot of debt because of this son. 
not dead. I mean, I'm not trying to say that he didn't owe this money, but he went into a marriage then not telling his wife, I have this huge fucking responsibility. tell her a lot of stuff about his life. Right. So that's sort of a speculation that uh, sort of what sort of caused the demise of their marriage or one aspect of it, I'm sure. Well, he's a liar. Multiple things, yeah. So they had been married since uh, January of 2006. And according to people, they had grown apart in their marriage for multiple reasons, as we just speculated. Uh, He's also kind of suspicious. Like other things he did was he refused to open a joint account with her. Oh. Um, And he also expected her to take care of her own three children, which were from a previous uh, relationship. He didn't want to be involved as their dad. Right. I mean, I mean, obviously I'm not going to judge the victim here, but. Jesus Christ, what a piece of shit. Right. Uh, in the divorce settlement, he was ordered to pay her $1,700 a month in spousal support. Uh, and he described it to his friends as that, that she was taking him to the cleaners. He was also uh, required to pay her a $10,000 settlement during at the divorce, um, as a divorce settlement. Uh, and she was allowed to keep the wedding ring and the family dog, uh, obviously, Bruce was not happy about her getting anything, probably. Right. Uh, he did also complain to friends that she was living with her parents. She didn't even have to pay rent. Why is he giving her this uh, money? And he did like the classic thing, like she's just out there buying luxury cars and da da da. It's like, dude, seventeen hundred dollars. It's not, not that, that much, much money. Like, and she's going to Las Vegas and getting massages and golf lessons and blah blah blah. blah. The list goes on. He's a piece of shit. Okay, so. That's basically the end of it. There's no trial or anything to talk about because he committed suicide. Right. Uh, Luckily. Good. Um, There was some sort of, uh, I saw this on Wikipedia, that this story did inspire some kind of pop culture moments that I'll just hit on here. Um, Polystyrene, the lead singer of X-Ray Specs, recorded a song in 2010 called Black uh, Christmas, which contains references to the massacre. Um, a, a band I never heard of, Boombox Poets, also recorded a song called Santa Syndrome, which is loosely based on the victims, uh, yeah. their lives, and the massacre. And then in 2012, there was a film that came out called Silent Night, and a character uh, tells the story of a man in a Santa suit who uh, takes a homemade flamethrower flamethrower and attacks a christmas party being attended by his ex-wife so i mean pretty that's pretty, pretty dead on that's pretty dead <laughs> yeah on. uh so yeah that's the story and I, do you remember when this happened i don't remember when it happened which is weird because i had been living in la for two three years already at that right. point so i don't remember the story i think i remember it happening but i don't know that i ever looked much into the case like I've heard this story before. Right. I know this story, but I don't remember when it came out. But it, there is something so just to touch on like the nature of this crime. I mean, obviously what we have here first of all is a very typical what we see a lot with scorned men who either end up shoot doing a mass shooting. I mean, this I get yeah, this technically is a mass shooting. Right. I think at the time it was definitely the the biggest, uh, I can't remember how they described it, shooting of that year. Yeah. I mean, now it's probably like, what, 100th on the list? Oh, like, right, right. I mean, it's like nothing. It's nothing yeah. now. Um, right. Basically, but we see this a lot in the news with these cases of men who 
uh, white men who commit acts of terrorism is often there is like a scorned lover situation or if if I can't have her, no one can. Right, and I think that that's what happened at that church shooting last month, right? Wasn't it a scorned lover who went into the church or something? I can't remember. Uh, There's so many instances of this where the guy is angry at his ex-girlfriend or some woman who wronged him. Right. Um, We often see a lot in these cases um, with any uh, domestic terrorist, it's usually they have a history of domestic abuse. Right. So even though there was guy, nothing here, but he obviously didn't treat her very well, and he seemed right. fairly controlling. Which is what I'm saying mm-hmm. is like even though there just because there wasn't a history on file of this guy's domestic abuse, we don't know what their relationship was like. We only can speculate, but it doesn't sound like he was the greatest husband. I also like. I would love to know more about his decision to dress as Santa. Like, well, that's the thing that's, that's it's not like he came in and was like, first, I'm going to be like, hey, look, Bruce isn't such a bad guy. Like, right. do you know what I mean? Like, I would love to know what that was about. Was it just a sick fucking like it was either a sick fucking thing or he just did not. He couldn't wait from his church service that he was doing. But I don't think he went that night. Oh, he didn't go. He that didn't night. go that night, but he had in the past. So this was like he didn't go to the usher and he wouldn't have been dressed as Santa anyways at church. I don't think. So this was a random thing that he was dressed like Santa. Maybe right. he thought, Oh, they'll let me in the house. If I'm right. Maybe he up. didn't expect to shoot right away. Like he was okay. also, he, he wrapped the flamethrower. That just seems like a bad planned. call when you want to mass murder. Hold on guys. I got to unwrap this package really right. quick. <laughs> well, obviously he was shooting first. I just don't know why he wrapped the flamethrower. It he, just seems like a, Obviously, we're not dealing with a person who's well. <laughs> no, this is someone but who yeah. wants to inflict terror on others, clearly. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing that's like, that is unique about this case is that he was dressed up as Santa. Right. I mean, obviously, it would have made news because a lot of people did die. Right. But I feel like the Santa element gave it that extra. It's a horror movie element that it gives it. Yeah. So it's, it's going to, I mean, as we know, you're forgetting about mass shootings. I mean, we've already stopped talking about 50 people dying, you know, this small of a number. It's like, doesn't even matter anymore. Almost. No. I mean, it does matter, but like people it, just, it can't, it, it can't maintain a it, news cycle. It, the news cycle for a mass shooting in 2017, I've come to find has been like 20 hours. Right. It's insane. Like not even a whole day anymore. Right. It's insane. It's but crazy. I do think that this, the Santa element gave it that. Uh, it's memorable extra. because of the Santa element. Right. And I, I feel like, I just like, I mean, it's like, obviously this guy was suicidal on some level. It's like, could you, couldn't you have just fucking killed yourself instead? Just killed yourself and spared the lives of all these people. I mean, the best thing we can hope is that he suffered greatly before he shot him in the self, himself in the head with a um, third degree burns <laughs> and a melted Santa suit on him. I mean, it's just so, it really is. Just, it horrifies it's me. It's so senseless. Everything is horrifying. But for some reason, that really horrifies me because I used to be traumatized by thinking of kids' pajamas, how they had to be anti <laughs> flame oh, retardant. Stuff melting on your skin. Yeah, like thinking of fabric melting on your skin is literally my nightmare. And the other nightmare I have, which I don't think it'll ever happen to me because I don't know that I'll ever be um, so obese that I can't leave my sofa, it's possible. <laughs> You never know. You never know. I mean, I'm not going to like shut down my dreams <laughs> yet. <laughs> but like the idea of where those people get stuck on a chair and the fabric starts bonds, bonds to, their, bonds skin. to their skin. Well, like those kind of things 
literally send me it over the edge. Me. Like it makes me so queasy. It makes me goose pimply and like faint. Like thinking yeah. about that kind of stuff melting onto your skin or attaching to your skin is so horror movie to me. Like, did you see the movie Clown? No. <laughs> Do you know about the movie Clown? No. Okay, so it came out a few years ago. I think I'm pretty sure Eli Roth produced it or directed it. I know he's involved in it, but basically somebody, um, like a fan of Eli Roth, they made like a like a spec trailer for this movie concept and basically, and it got turned into an actual Eli Roth film, right. which I think is really crazy and cool. But um, I haven't seen the movie because I'm not, a, I'm, I can't do Eli Roth gore. Right. I can't, I can't handle him, but I like horror movies. So I read all about this movie and I'm super into the concept of it. Basically, a man... A dad puts on a clown costume to entertain his son's birthday party and the clown costume won't come off and it starts to like bond to his skin. And as a result, he takes on this um, evil clown. clown. Wow. That has like a lot of things I'm not super thrilled about. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it is really. um, There's something so horrifying to me about that just having things melt onto your skin or being attached is like the most queasy inducing thing for me probably it's like in the top five of things that fucking make me physically so i hope you fucking suffer (laughs) me too because i feel like that is a good thing to suffer with before you shoot yourself in the head and he had to drive like 30 minutes um to the brother's house like so i was like i like to think of him with that fucking cheap melted santa suit on him and i hope that he looked like a monster with third degree burns all over his fucking face like just like fuck this guy fuck him fuck bruce pardo that's like a really weird name though bruce pardo yeah it sounds kind of like name uh yeah but i can't remember what it was right the second i don't know fuck him anthony (laughs) bruce anthony pardo you don't Uh, know if that's his middle name but yeah don't quote us (laughs) Wow. So um, yeah, that's that. That's, that's a pretty one. Thanks for uh, telling me that story. I, right. And this week we have another LA crime around Christmas time yes. story coming too. So look for that yes, we as do. always. And uh, check out the Facebook fan group or friend group. It's it's called Hollywood Crime Scene Friends. And that is the name of the group on Facebook. We'll add you. Yeah, you have to request to join, but we add everybody who requests. So, yeah. um, and it's there's a lot of cool stuff being shared. Like after an episode, people will have kind of follow up. Uh, did you see the one about the mall in Eagle Rock where the Hillside Stranglers picked up? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. cool. Okay. I, I really am enjoying reading. What people yeah, have to say. it's really cool. Thanks so, to everyone who rated and reviewed us this week. Oh right, that's we got really some helpful. New ratings. If you'd like to go over to iTunes and give us a five star rating, if you enjoy the show, that helps us a lot. Right. If you want to donate to our Patreon and receive bonus content, I'm about to upload this week's bonus episode. It's really dirty and delicious. <laughs> to our Patreon page, it's uh, patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. costs $5 a month. Uh, and for that, $5 a month, you get four additional episodes. Right. But even like a dollar helps. So even if, if you, you want to donate a dollar. Or a or one-time donation you can do too. You can give us a one-time donation to our PayPal, which is HollywoodCrimeScene at gmail.com. Yeah. But thank you so much for listening. Otherwise, who cares? We just love that people like this show. Yeah. And listen. <laughs> so thank you guys. Thank you so much. All bye. Right, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.